Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm still George. <laughs> and George, we just finished talking about Batman. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Batman some more. This is where we all do our Batman impressions. <laughs> but I'm not wearing hockey pads. That's I probably got, the best one. I got to get more fry in my voice. <laughs> I really hope Wait, that the new Batman like voice isn't like that. <clears throat> he sounds like Louis Armstrong. Clouds away. Do swear to me as Louis Armstrong. <laughs> swear to me. <laughs> Holy oh moly. God. Has anybody heard the Bat Voice from the new The Batman coming out next month? Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, because I haven't heard it yet. I'm intentionally staying away from all that trailer stuff. So I go he in sounds, fresh. He sounds like, um, like, I would say a cross between his regular voice and what uh, Keaton did. Okay. There's so no, there's good. no grovel. I kind of like the Ben Affleck bat voice, like as a practical matter, but I'm glad. It's that too amplified, but I, I hear you, but I don't like the, the amplification of it. It sounds like he's walking around with a uh, Bluetooth speaker. Well, that's the point, right? It's a disguise. Anyway, guys, mm. we're not talking about Ben Affleck. We're talking about the dark Knight. <laughs> In our last episode, we went a full hour on the Roman inspiration for that movie, something that is literally nowhere online and it's stupid that it's not because it's been 14 years and it's there. And I guess uh, now you're all joining me on that journey, so thank you. And honestly, since my son just read Julius Caesar in high school, it would be a very good idea, just like with Lion King or Romeo and Juliet, if you know the influences of these historical writings in modern pop culture, you can get your kids involved in liking old stories. Indeed. Although, not yeah. too young, because I'm not, um, my kids aren't watching The Dark Knight well, for school, a few more years. Because, geez yeah. Louise, they've seen Begins and they've seen Rises, but I'm not letting them watch this movie. It's too darn mm. violent. Well, they, they read Julius Caesar in high school. He's a junior or sophomore. So that's old enough to watch. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. he's perfect age. Yeah. Definitely. But when we watched uh, The Lion King, I was like, oh, this is, I believe, is it King Lear or Macbeth story, Lion King? I don't know. Or is it Hamlet? I think it's Macbeth. I thought it was is it Hamlet. Hamlet? All right, it's, it one of, it's one of the Shakespeare's, but it's like, that's a good way to get kids involved in these stuffy stories, these old stories, by showing them pop culture. Right. So learning this about Batman adds just another layer to an already perfect movie, and it's a good way to teach kids about history. It really is a nearly perfect movie. There's a little things. It's nearly perfect. I agree. It's nearly. Just give um, me a take two of the, you're not doing your job right, and like take it down from like an <laughs> 11 to like a 7. You know, like, yeah. you're not doing yeah. your job right. You know, just give me that. Or just and it's give, a perfect movie. Just give me Katie Holmes and we'll be fine. But I agree. I'm not sure if she could handle the ending the way I, it was I, No, I agree. Uh, Katie Holmes was... She was good at that subtle... Line delivery. The banter. The banter. It was yeah. good with Katie Holmes. Yeah. The emotional stuff, I don't know what she's capable of. I don't know. Because Gyllenhaal just know. knocks that death scene out of the park. Yes. The rest of the movie, eh. But, yeah. I mean, if you need somebody to be miserable right before they die, Maggie Gyllenhaal, <laughs> great pick for that role. <laughs> yeah. Or hire uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He probably could have nailed it, too. 
Are they related? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know who their grandfather is? So many Gyllenhaals running around. Is it Marlon Brando? (laughs) Archie Gyllenhaal? No, it's 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 (laughs) Dick Hansley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! Callbacks. So George, did you did you catch the heat when you were watching Dark Knight this time? Did you see like, oh my god, this is totally why I had to watch Heat. Everything is blue. So much. It's so blue. Everything is blue. Frame one. The blue. whites are blue. The blacks are blue. Dude, there's a lot. Like the smoke in the very, very beginning. There's just smoke billowing, and there's a bat, Batman sign uh, symbol, symbol. Yeah. and like all the smoke is like it's like is that black? No, no, it's blue. It's blue. It's blue. And then they cut to a building. Which has reflective windows reflecting the blue sky. It's blue. <laughs> Dude, there's so much blue. There's blue in the clown masks. It's, it's so blue it, that no. Eiffel 65 actually should have sued them. It's it's <laughs> actually yeah. It's it's amazing how but all the how shots similar it yeah. is to Heat. In, even the even in the, the character interaction. You know all the you know. They don't know who the joke. Who's this Joker guy? Like just the way they're talking. You, you totally feel that. That uh, anger and and uh, what's what's the what's the one guy from Heat that basically ruins everything? The guy who ends up being a serial killer. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, swastika guy. guy. Yeah. His attitude mm-hmm. uh, was was you felt that with these guys like they're even though they're all wearing masks, you can tell like all these different personalities and how they're talking to each other, and then you and then you find out about the you know the 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 basically the pirate game. A situation where they're kind of playing down who's going to turn on who and all that. Like, it's just, I don't know. I love it. I love that opening scene. Yeah, dude was, uh, the dude that was, um, drilling into the safe mm. to, like, open the safe up. He's <laughs> like, come on, hurry up. No, I love, like, how he was, like, turning the dials and shit with his, like, sneakers on his hands. <laughs> so Because they, like, wired it up with electricity. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, dude's resourceful. Yeah. Like, that's a good idea to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but I, I immediately, I always parallel. Now, it, whenever anyone is trying to break open a safe, it's, I always picture, um, uh, what's his name from Dick Hansley? No. Yeah. This, you know, the safe guy, the the, the safe guy in in the the other movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, you know the thing. Hold on, stop. Uh, no. Val Kilmer. Val, yes, yes, Val Kilmer. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, we do. Val Kilmer. You struggle. It's fun to watch you <laughs> fail. <laughs> I was gonna be. Yeah, I'm like Tombstone. Come on, right, dude. Tombstone. Yeah, Batman the Forever. Tombstone guy that I that I love. One of the worst Batman. Batman. Forever, which, yeah. No, he wasn't. I don't. I have never seen Batman Forever, but. No, I don't think I ever will because it would. He was a bad Batman because of uh, Nicole Kidman. I like that's for that. Movie. I like Val Kilmer, and I want to stay that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't watch Batman forever. At least don't watch it for the show because I will drill you until you hate it. Like I will bring will up you? every little. Oh my god! Hey, Let's do uh, it. could you guys do me a favor? I'm getting a little hungry. Could somebody go get me some drive-through? I'll get drive-through. Right. I mean, guys, just. Eject uh, it, the movie, snap the movie in half, th- throw the that's movie. That's nowhere away. near as bad as uh, this is why Superman works alone. Or uh, what's the other one? Uh, <laughs> bad Express, never oh, leave home God. without it. Like, come on! We were watching that movie it's in college. Not the worst Batman, Batman and Robin, and George Clooney comes sliding down 
a dinosaur's tail on ice skates or something. I don't remember the full details. Yeah, they click they click their heels and the ice skates come out. Right. Right before they go back to Kansas. <laughs> That's right. So he yeah. lands at the bottom of the thing and he goes, Hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. And my buddy goes, That was the I'm worst out. time Batman I've ever heard. And I said, Yeah, yeah. he's the worst, shittiest Batman. And it but was who who even heard that line? <laughs> When they were not laughing at Schwarzenegger yelling, what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age! And then he blows <laughs> fake ice onto the dinosaur that they eventually slide down. I, <laughs> did I... Did I uh, spoiler alert for Batman and Robin. Guys, clip, I am so glad we're watching the shit out Dark Knight and not Batman and Robin. So thank yeah, you all no. for that. <laughs> hey, oh, everyone. Oh. Chill. Yeah, no. God. And I tell you, man, those big bags of money the Joker's flinging around, you have to see the killing in that. I just kept mm-hmm. seeing, oh, man, mm-hmm. just throw it out yep. the window. You can get it later. Yep. Oh, no, it's all yeah. there. Killing so and heat. 100%. What was the other one we watched? Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. We covered is that all the, that. We're is not that going the, into that. No, no, no. Is that the only three that we watched? <laughs> those were the only What's three that? movies we watched going to prepare for this movie. However, there were more that we kicked around. And we'll probably catch up on a couple of them soon. So mm, okay. we won't necessarily circle back to the Dark Knight, but this won't be the last time you talk about the Joker. Right. True. All right, so that was scene one. <laughs> yeah, if we was do 10 that, minutes on every scene, we we're going to make about a six-hour episode. So <laughs> wasn't that, was that even scene one, though? Uh, no, it's literally I, the opening of the movie, the first eight minutes. Where did you learn to count? <laughs> that could We could have got rid of that. That guy could have just been dead instead. I mean, yeah. what kind of assumption is that guy making? Because I'm sure there are a lot of different capacities for shotguns. Was he expecting the one, the you know, the guy who was the Joker? He didn't know was the Joker to like identify the model of the shotgun from across the room and know you how many. To in- you forgot to introduce the segment. <laughs> is this guns, guns, guns? This is guns, guns, guns. guns. guns, guns I guns, think so. Guns, guns, guns. <laughs> The last couple of times we've introduced the segment, I've interspersed the, uh, I've done a drop, as you say. I put the clip yeah. from RoboCop under us saying it, and like the last couple yeah. of times, it sounds like we did it, it the other way. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like we overdubbed it, because we're just so good at guns, guns, guns. <laughs> I don't think he was afraid to shoot any of the patrons in the bank either. <laughs> He's just like unloading no. on no, everybody. No, it was a real Jason goes to hell moment where they shoot oh, the bystanders. Crap. I shoot the bus driver. Wow. Wait, who did they? You remember when Jason did goes they? to hell, the lady diner? No, diner? no I'm, not, the, wor- the I'm not worried about Jason goes to hell. I'm <laughs> you worried, about, it's so I'm worried about this movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> what? Did they shoot patrons in this movie? No, when he starts opening fire in the bank uh-huh i said he meaning the bank teller the the guy you run uh from william fickner fickner yeah fickner the guy from black uh, starts Down. walking towards and heat the clowns and starts shooting at, at them well, with he's a from shotgun heat? yeah yeah he's the same character in heat <laughs> <laughs> same exact character same dude same character pretty much when he yells you don't know who you're stealing from you right. and your friends are dead. Yeah, dead. I mean, this is basically, <laughs> this is them showing their work and being like, yeah, we made heat, but like the Joker's here. <laughs> you and your friends are dead. dead. You and your friends are dead. 
That's how well, he anyway, he it. starts blowing apart bank desks and shit. Like he doesn't care that there's patrons in that. Okay, because I just thought opening fire. Because I thought what you were saying was that the, the Joker and his team. No, he cared. <laughs> no, yeah, and there was. Uh, I think it was. Um, uh, yeah, it was in Heat when they're heisting. Mm-hmm. Right, they're in the they're in mid heist. And oh, De- they go outside. And De Niro says to all the patrons, basically, like, just cooperate. We right. don't, you know, we don't care about you. Like, we're stealing from the bank. Your money's You're insured, insured right. by the government. Actually, throwback to what was that movie? It was about a real guy, John Dillinger, right? Mm-hmm. That was from from back then. Because he went in the bank and the, t- the people were like, here, take the money. And he's like, no, no, I don't want your money. I want the bank's money. That right. was a Dillinger thing okay. from a way, way back. Way back. But anyways, yeah, um, that's from Heat. Mm-hmm. And I got that same vibe. Nice. And the, the bank heist scene. The and the guitar. The guitar. The music in yeah, the background. The tension totally music. Stole it. Mm-hmm. Well, not even the 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 D not the chord being played on the that the Joker theme, but before you get to that, that dun 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 yeah. dun, like all that that get that hard guitar mm-hmm. is in Heat as well. Like just that those open sprawling scenes where they're kind of driving. Right. It wasn't a drone because it was in the nineties, but the helicopter flight, like all that IMAX before IMAX existed, mm-hmm. kind of shot. They had the same kind of music in the background. Speaking of hard. IMAX, George, how did you watch this movie? On my television. Originally? Did you stream you it? You saw it in the theater? No, I had I have a DVD. DVD or Blu-ray? Mm, I'd have to look at it. Because here's the deal. Uh, you should know that. That's important movie knowledge to know what you're watching. But okay. on the Blu-ray it's release of this, they had the uh, IMAX scene still in the like the full matte 16 by 9, which isn't quite full matte, but it fills your screen, and it's mm-hmm. a higher density picture. It looks a lot better. And then it... Goes to a two, three, five to one kind of top and bottom bars for most of the movie. Did you have mm-hmm. that in your copy? I don't Did recall. you notice? Oh man. Anyway, if you have the Blu-ray, uh, it should be like that. I assume the 4K does that too, but I, I don't remember. Uh, I should mm. check on that. But it's amazing because you get to see the the disparate quality between an IMAX camera and a standard 35 millimeter. To where at the end of the bank heist scene, the first couple of shots after that seem kind of muddy because your eyes get used to IMAX, you know, like this high resolution, beautiful scan. And then it's like, Oh, it's regular again. Eventually your eyes get used to it, but it takes till Batman gets into the bank vault and back out again before it's really like, okay, I've forgotten how good it used to look. Now I'm used to this again. Mm. At least for those of us who, you know, pay attention to those things. Right. Word. Yeah, I don't think I had. But my streaming version that I watched this time is all uh, 235 to 1. And that was kind of a bummer. I missed my IMAX uh, filled frame kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I had that. I saw it in the theater about three times, so I was... Yeah, this is the only movie I've ever watched multiple times in the theater. I saw mm. it three times as well. It deserved it. Oh, my God. I think I saw it once in the theater. But <laughs> I raved about it so hard, I sent, like, 10 more people to the theater to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, right. That reveal, I remember for weeks 
actually months, they were doing like all these online leaks of what Ledger was going to look like, and everybody was kind of like, eh, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. And then as soon as he's revealed, it's like, yeah, that's it. Boom. Yeah, the stills <laughs> didn't really do justice. No. It didn't it's sell the, me it was either. The character. But they did such a good job with the viral marketing of this movie. I remember at one point there was like a scavenger hunt where you could go in major cities to a coordinate and like go at the right time of day and you might find like a special thing that would show you something from the movie. Like, you know, they were putting effort into this movie in a way that they haven't since, thanks to well, streaming and all that. they did like a fake website a year before the movie came out where they did like the Harvey Dent campaign. Oh, yeah. And it was like all interactive and then you were getting videos from the Anthony Michael Hall character where he was like talking about there's a lot of like if you look at the DVD there's a lot of footage and stuff that they released a year before the movie through newscasts and through podcasts and through you know um, interaction social media that there might be things that we didn't catch about these characters that they gave you backstory that makes sense from those reports because the Anthony Michael Hall character was kind of like a not a not an Alex Jones type character but he was constantly reporting on things and giving information and it kind of filled in blanks. Now, George, did you recognize the uh, newscaster? Mm. The Mm, one who gets kidnapped and has to read the whole, like, you know, Gotham Joker's taken over. You've got to Mm -hmm. leave that guy. Do you recognize that guy at all? No. Would you recognize him if he was younger and perhaps drunk at a blues bar? He don't even have a license, Lisa. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh my God! Do you? Does he even? Is he? He's not tracking this, is he? <laughs> no, no shit, Chet. No shit. <laughs> I'm not. <sighs> you remember drunk Gary from? Oh, Gary! <laughs> <laughs> from Weird Science. Oh shit! The Gary. they make a girl out of a Barbie doll, and she's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Weird Science. The news guy is is grown up (laughs) Gary. Gary's taking his shit. (laughs) (laughs) Who gets drunk and like he does some like really politically insensitive. uh, No, Ma, I was not jerking off. Yeah, he he does all the jive talk in the bar, which wouldn't fly today. Oh, fuck, yes. That's the newscaster. That was such a good scene. Knee me in the nuts. I mean, I love the idea that this might be like a spiritual sequel to Weird oh, Science. Shit. Holy crap. We'd have to talk yeah. to the R&D department over at Wayne Tech to see if they could make us a Barbie lady. I, I remember when he got cast, there was a little buzz that he might be playing Edward Nigma, And everybody was kind of excited that he might be playing Edward Nigma, which is the Riddler. Okay. But not a Riddler character, but like a cameo as Edward Nigma, so in future movies he would become the Riddler. Mm. And when he was a newscaster, we're like, wait, what? But that was before we realized, you know, you didn't need the Riddler in this movie. Right. But I mean, did you get the Riddler in this movie? Because uh, you kind of did. In a we got very, Mr. E. You got Mr. Reese. Mr. Reese. Mr. Reese. Right. Yeah. Mr. Reese. I mean, my nerd brain caught that as okay that's as close as we're gonna get like enjoy it while we have it kids because they're not gonna let Mm. us have a real riddler and they didn't so i guess it was as close as we got with this group Hmm. they could have had him in there 
without really taking up too much real estate with another villain, he could have been like a uh, involved in that whole uh, thing at the end. May turn that into a riddle instead of a, a, a Sophie's Choice kind of situation where one's going to blow up the one boat blow up the other they could have done that but they they don't need him in this movie so it doesn't matter but that sounds like a riddler type situation where you know put a boat full of prisoners and a boat full of citizens uh, law abiders and then make them see which one's going to blow up who like that would have been a riddler moment if If, he was in this if i was to put the riddler in this movie i would have made it that lao guy okay because his man, you know, him managing to control the money and escape, you could have just given him more of a gimmick, you know, and that yeah. would have fit within the confines of this story. I think if you take the Joker out of that last big, the, the boats, the fairies thing, if you take Joker mm-hmm. out of the fairies, can you take the fairies out of Joker? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, the thing about the, the fairies and maybe let's just talk because we've, Everybody that's listening to this has seen this movie 10 times, so we don't have to go in order. Yeah. I have always had a problem with the fairy scene at the end of the movie. At the end of Act okay. 3, I guess. Why? Because you have a scenario where the Joker's involved, so there's a good chance that if you try to blow up the other boat, you actually blow up your own boat. So you have that kind of like, will they or won't they accidentally blow themselves up mixed with some real like, of the era moral decisions as to, you know, blood on our hands via the vote versus who's actually pushing the button kind of like discussion going on in the subtext of that scene. But I don't like that there's a midnight deadline Mm. because it creates this thing where like, you know, morally, even if you don't push the button, it's still going to happen but maybe you can save yourself. It frames it in a way that's a little bit too much like Batman jumping off the train at the end of Batman begins. Like Mm. I'm out bitches. You know, like I think if you didn't have the deadline and instead you just had ever increasing tension from being on those two fairies that you could build it as, you know, well, they're moving over there. What are they doing? What are they talking about over there? Are they taking right. a vote? They're taking a vote. Should we be taking a vote? And let the two boats' actions actually point their um, tension toward each other and build it that way instead of having just a midnight, a midnight deadline. Right. And then you can still do it the way they did it where Batman shows up and Joker's like, oh, shoot, we're out of time. I'm going to hit this button, right? And nothing changes right. except that you've taken away this whole, like, you know, we're relying on good to save us before the deadline, which it was right. one, it was one bridge too far for me. So I had an issue with it because the deadline and the whole plan was too much of a plan for the guy with no plan. Well, all of this is a like guy with no plan. He was relying on, yeah, but it was, he was relying too much on uh, having control of the situation and his, it was just so planned out for somebody who uh, just relied on the the chaotic response and or the, the chaos of a situation it just seemed too many things had to happen out of his control for his plan to work see you believed him when he said he wasn't a schemer Bingo. no i don't believe him 
No, but I know he, he is, had a plan the whole time. A, he is a schemer. He had a plan the whole time. But but he's all, he, but he's just an agent of chaos. Right. His he's, his, his decision his to put schemes are chaotic. His decision to put that decision in their hands takes the control out of his hands. Like he I mean, yeah, he could have pushed the button at any time. But I don't know, it just seemed like it, it was too much of a too much of a plan that too many things can go wrong that he didn't have control of. Mm. That just didn't it didn't play into the rest of the character. Yes, I know when he says I don't have a plan, I, he completely has a plan. He's been planning it. From, I'm just a dog chasing a yeah, car. Every single thing he did was so methodical. So that that was just the throw not a throwaway line, but it was a it was a uh him basically playing to Harvey saying, Listen, I, I don't have any like when he says to Gordon, I was here. Yeah. Who did you leave him with? Like it, yep. he completely right. uh has that, that condescension, that condescending attitude towards uh the guy interrogating whatever the situation is, even even when he burns the money. Like he just I'm gonna burn my half and right. ultimate fuck you. Like he's just I don't know. You know what all those things have in common? <laughs> They're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah. And gasoline. <laughs> I love when he says that. And I would argue that not not everything burns. So right. I mean I take issue with Joker's like premise, but I was stubborn. You know, I do love the fact that he totally roasts Lau on top of that money mm. and they never really acknowledge it besides like some muffled like yelps <laughs> right. from the top of the pile. Like that's yeah. dark, man. This like I, I think I said, yeah, I can't wait for my kids to watch this movie, but I am waiting to show it to them until they're at least like 13 or 14 because there's and some darkness subtle in here things that... they don't catch. They don't catch a lot of the things oh. that you're worried about. I'm worried about they're... them catching it. Though. Just any of these things. Yeah, like, I know, oh, I hey. He broke that guy's legs on purpose. Like, right. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna survive. What does he say? I'm gonna survive this fall. He's like, I'm, I'm counting on it. And he's yeah. like, yeah, kind of pushes him. Yeah, he said, fall from, fall this, from height. this height wouldn't kill you. Yeah, and he's like, I'm counting on it and pushing. I mean, guys, I mean, that's an awesome scene, but like, ugh. Okay, so <laughs> the well, it's no different than than Harvey saying uh, flipping the coin on the driver. I mean. It's yeah. a little messed up. Uh, it's different. It's different. Apples and oranges. <laughs> so how about the let's t- let's talk about the interrogation scene. Oh yeah. Which one? Because the, there's multiple interrogations yeah, in this movie. Multiples. Uh, the interrogation scene where the one Batman is interrogating the Joker in the good cop bad cop routine. Yes. You yes. never start with the victim's head. head. That it's is so good. He says, because then when the next thing that happens is all, f- you know, the next thing you do is all fuzzy and it doesn't work. And then like he slams his spikes into his hand and he's like, see? But more Dude. than that, he refers to himself as the victim. And so right. he's equating yeah. Batman to the bad guys. Oh, yeah. it's such a good line. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good line. That scene is, I've I've probably watched that scene about 180 times. Like just, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's pure, pure it's Joker. <laughs> and it comes from the killing joke. I mean, the torture yeah. part, not so much, but the, the setup is very much the finale, spoiler alert for an old comic book, of the killing joke. And so aesthetically, my nerd brain was just like, give me this scene. And then there's all the political it, stuff in it where I'm just like, oh, okay. You keep right. calling it a torture scene? It's really not uh, until he snaps. Like, it's it's a verbal volley of of just... 
It's the an, first it's thing a, he does is smash his head into the table. He deserved it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> the whole point of the scene is that the physical violence is not going to get him the result Anywhere, he's right. looking for. You got all these rules. And the thing is, when this movie came out, <laughs> he's, he's old, lucky there wasn't a pencil on the table. Mm. Yeah, ye old 2008. When this movie came out, there was so much reactionary press, knee-jerk press is what I should say, of this movie endorses the use of torture. And it made me want to scream at the people that just did not... I mean, it's that thing where you show something in a movie and so the movie endorses it, right? It's this fallacy that you can't show horrible things in a movie because if you show them in a movie, your movie endorses these horrible things. Right, it's dumb. When obviously the outcome of the scene is that the torture or interrogation, enhanced interrogation, that's what we'll call it. The enhanced interrogation that's, doesn't yeah. elicit <laughs> the results he needs. And in fact, he only gets the information that the Joker was going to give him anyway, and the information was bad. Right. I would point to, uh, if you also want to watch George, uh, and maybe we'll watch it for the show someday, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, which is mm. uh, a real good movie. It, it had movie. the same reaction in the press where, oh, this movie endorses the use of torture. Spoiler alert, they don't find Bin Laden because of torture. They find Bin Laden because of legwork from the analysts and their sources within. So it's like, you just want to yell at these reporters, like, stop trying to conflate the presence of content in a movie with an endorsement of that content. Because you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your audience a disservice. Just do do your job. Do right. As they say on Ozark, in a, in a quote that I always hated on the show but now I use all the time, do better than you've been doing. Mm. Well, I mean, it goes mm. to show the same thing with, with Ledger. When he died, they were blaming him being submersive into the character and being a, you know, completely playing a psychotic and all this stuff. And it's like, he died... The movie was already filmed. Like he was doing another movie when he died. Yeah, and wasn't, <laughs> like, the, wasn't yeah. the next movie? It wasn't the demons of this. He enjoyed doing this. The, he said many times how much fun he was having. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't going into these deep dark areas. Like he was having fun creating this character. The next movie so, he did wasn't it directed by the guy that did Twelve Monkeys? Yeah. Yes. So I mean, you know my stance on that, but. Uh, <laughs> Even Nicholson, though, at the time, and granted, Jack Nicholson, uh, hero of the show, not above, you know, making a spectacle of himself, was like, oh, I warned him. It's like, you didn't warn shit. Like, that was the most obscene thing I'd heard from Nicholson right. probably ever is like, stop. Just. And I doubt he went anywhere darker learned playing Jack Napier than he did when he played uh, uh, his character in The Shining. What's, what was his last name, Jack? Uh, Torrance. Torrance. Yeah. I mean, that was a much deeper place to go than playing the Joker. He warned him. Yeah. He I warned him. Okay, yeah, right. Okay. I mean, it ranks up there with, like, blaming Meryl Manson for something. Like, it's just... Well... Stop. stop. Unless There's you're the reasons. Evan Rachel Wood. No, no, I'm talking about, like, for... I mean, Col she, like, can blame, she can blame uh, Marilyn she Manson can blame for that. She can blame Marilyn Manson, but I'm talking about, like, uh, socially, when, when you blame oh, music. Oh, yeah, yeah, you the Columbine Metallica thing, where it's like, whatever. oh, yeah. they listened to bad music and played Doom. No. It's like, and they had guns, and yeah, their parents didn't pay attention to them. There's issues you can go after. So, you're right. It's like, just because he does physically, uh, you know, bend his arm to try to get his information, it's not the same. 
But a policeman would not be allowed to officially do any of those things, right? You cannot right, beat people right. and expect them to give you a straight answer because either they're going to tell you something wrong to get you to stop or they're just going to tell you whatever you want to hear and they're going to confirm whatever you're looking for just to make the pain stop. Ew. So I'm glad it's yeah. in the movie, but it does feel really 2008. Like, you know, this was a this is the abortion subplot from Godfather Part Two, mm. mm. where it's, it's just of a time. We, need, we needed it in the movie, yeah. For the ex- expose, if anything, like you don't really need all that physical violence. Although it does, it does. It's important. It's to me. It's not political if it's necessary to the story. It's not. They're not preachy. They need to show that Batman has a rule. And what is he willing to take that rule to? It's necessary to, to for him to poke the bear and get him to basically lose his cool and beat the shit out of him. But he could physically intimidate him in an inappropriate for bad cop kind of way without actually having to clobber the guy. Like you could you could pull that off. But they chose yeah. not to. It's fine. Uh, you know. Well, they do that in the next scene when he when he's talking to the other guy. He's like, uh, "You want to you want to know which one of your friends are cowards?" Oh, that like, scene is so good. Like that that's so much more of a psychological. Just oh, he just undresses ridiculous. that cop. Like you can see the cop yeah. psychologically just break down and fall yeah. into that trap. Oh, it's good. You want to know why I use knives? Like. Saver. When he says the word saver, it's like, oh my god! It's like when Lecter says, "Uh, you know, a census taker once tried to test me." Like it's just that that <laughs> word of saver. Yep, was like going. <laughs> yeah, so good. Let me savor all the details. Mm. It's a good movie. Good turns out, I really like yeah. just about everything about this. But what's funny is that the people can watch a movie and go, oh this was my favorite scene or this is the best scene. There's like 10 of those scenes in this movie. It's like you can go from that scene to the, to all the way to the Sophie's choice at the end. Well, and even and then the, the, I mean, Batman single-handedly fights an entire SWAT team, saves an entire group of hostages and still has time to stop the Joker. And that's not even the most like memorable action scene in a movie. That's crazy. Mm. Now that scene I do have a problem with. Ooh, go on. I never liked the hanging upside down talking scene. A, because Bale goes to 11 with his... Oh yeah, when he's on his back getting pushed down, he does, the bat voice goes beyond the line of like, okay, I'm with it, to like, maybe we don't need that bat voice right now. Right. But yeah, because we all know who you are. But the other thing is, after the Joker is caught, and he does the the speech about the people of Gotham, you know he's still talking. And he has no nose; his nose is completely covered, so he's very nasal. But he's still talking like this, and it's like that scene would have been totally better if they had taken that dialogue and put him putting him into Arkham, and that's where they have that back and forth, where it could be more subtle and more. Batmanish and not that that whole screaming to an upside down Joker where they turn the camera so he doesn't look upside down but you know he's upside down like mm-hmm. it just to me I always had a problem with that scene 
because it wasn't his Batman talking to the Joker where he's like, we could do this forever kind of thing. Like that's great dialogue, but it's, it's overshadowed by his or overpowered by his, like that over grasp, raspy kind of animalistic voice. It just didn't fit. You know, the thing with that scene though, if you're going for like, um, you know, an unnecessarily gracious reading (laughs) of it, I think what they're trying to go for is you have kind of sing-songy, friendly-voiced Joker, literally upside down, forming like a yin-yang with a right-side-up, gravelly-voiced, dark Mm -hmm. Batman. I think they're going for, like, trying to nail that thing all in one go, and I mean, it kind of works. But you have to get past the practical limitations of the Bat voice and just the doesn't make sense in real life why is he still hanging upside down and not in cuffs situation but I think they were going for a thing did they achieve it I don't know got me close enough to where I could see it it, but like because that whole Gordon scene at the end is just perfect oh with his kid yeah he didn't do anything wrong he's like you you don't know what it's like that uh Tell the person you oh, love that, part, that, yeah, that everything's going to be okay. Too. And he's like, go to lie to him. Lie. When he like, says that second lie and you just see the tendons in his cheek and everything. I'm mm. like, oh, shit. Yeah, but you know, going back to what they're referencing there, when Batman pops into the room with Dent and Dent's screaming no and you see the sadness in, in Rachel's face, she realizes they picked him and not her and mm-hmm. all of that. Through the cape and cowl, Christian Bale does such a good job as Batman to express physically like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he doesn't hesitate long enough that he doesn't, he still has a chance to save one of them. But like that realization that he just got played mm-hmm. really comes through even though he's wearing, you know, 50 pounds of rubber. Yeah. Really good. Really good stuff. Yeah. So good. I do love one thing in this movie that I don't think we've got since. If they've done it since I've forgotten, the white eyes when he's got his like mm. sonar vision going on, the comic book look. I'm glad it's only yeah. in one scene because I think it would tire quickly. But it was nice to see like the Batman we all grew up with in the animated series. And it's series. practical. And it's, it's practical. practical. And there's like, a re- it's, yeah. it's it's explained. They did it in the Batman Forever, but it was like sonar and it was it looked silly. Ugh. But the white eyes was good, definitely. Now the use of the. Uh, electronic monitoring and all that in 2008 yeah. seemed like a brave new scary world and nowadays seems like oh yeah hey he's got an alexa in every house yeah it's true we got alexa from that scene <laughs> lucius doesn't get down with alexa no he's such a like underrated character yeah like i remember him from the cartoon like if you ever actually take time and watch all the episodes, he's in, he's in a character in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So it's, he takes it to like level 11. Like he just takes it to where it should be. And he's underrated. Just like, just like uh, Alfred's underrated because there's just so much going on in these movies. You kind of forget those guys, but I mean, Freeman's doing some good shit. Well, and Michael Caine, my God, uh, he mm-hmm. gets his best, I think acting turn in the next one, but yeah, 
he, you know, his speech about the tangerine guy and burning down the whole forest to get him. And the real mm-hmm. casual way, he's just like, you know, back when I was in Burma with my, you know, it's like, what? they never addressed whether he was like an SAS commando or whatever they've got him in the comics now, which, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, it does, sidebar for the Batman character. I love the idea that Alfred is like a retired SAS commando, which is like Delta Force for the Brits. Uh, they're mm-hmm. the guys who invented Delta Force, essentially. I mean, SAS is the original counterterror special operations guys. Um, so it's cool to think of him being like, you know, an early one of those guys. But it does start to call into question, like, what was Thomas Wayne actually up to? And then right. you start that slippery th- <laughs> slope to like, was his murder actually uh, a random horrible thing in the chaos of the world? Or was it like something he deserved. And then, you know, some of the comic books will draw Thomas Wayne as like a pre Batman type superhero. And it's just like, well, then you take away the agency from Bruce and you make it more a cyclical thing. And it just, it defeats the purpose of the character in my opinion. It turns him into black Panther and it turns him into black Panther. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't like that as much, but I do like the way they handle in this movie where it's just like, he's got a past. He ended up doing some pretty cool stuff, Uh, but we're not going to go into detail now. But I did bloody tell you. That's a good line. To find humor hmm. in that scene doesn't work on paper, you know. Uh, but, it's it's but they his delivery. It so good. Yeah. And the way he actually, like leans in, you know, he's like, "I did bloody tell you." Hmm. I think uh, actually that's like one of my. That's like it's one of my favorite Alfred lines. Both both times that it's delivered in the beginning, when, you know, when they're when they're going back and forth, and he says, "Well, you know." I, when the time comes, you, you know, I know how much you like to, you know, say I told you so. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, I, at that point, I probably, probably won't want to. Right. right. And then it gets to that point. And, and he's he tells like, well, him so. He's, you, get, <laughs> you get to tell me you told you so now. Like, you know, it is what it is. And, and he says, I don't want to. And then they're walking. But I did bloody tell you. It's like, <laughs> so good. Yeah, he, he really does like yeah. to say, I told you so, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's that rapport between those two actors, too. I mean, yes, we saw it yes. in the games, too. Very the good. two of them just always played well off each other. So it just oh, fits yeah. so well with what they've already established, even though if you say on paper, we're going to make a joke here, you'd be like, now? Like, this is not right. the time for a does. joke, boys. Mm-hmm. But it works. Yeah, it's like right. That was right after the uh, the Joker interrogation scene of the of the uh the cop that ends up hanging outside the mayor's office right Mm -hmm. and then he announces he's going to announce that he's batman yeah yeah that scene's ridiculous i love that scene when he's like oh oh (laughs) he's like and he like kind of tells him this and then he's like look at me oh my god and it like totally changes like yeah he goes from like holy shit the primary <laughs> Joker voice yeah. to like something new, or he's just like, ooh. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. Out. He's like very playful, mm-hmm. and then he's like, even the sh- it, it reminded me of uh, Saving Private Ryan that sh- 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 kind of yeah, yeah. But he does it in a weird where he like rubs his face like, and then mm-hmm. he just goes boom. He cuts right to that. Look at me, and that that's when you're like, oh shit, this guy is off the. Chain yeah, off his rocker, yeah, and he does that a few times in the movie. Like when when he does the uh, uh, hit me, hit me, and and then the bike, hit me, hit me. Yeah. But when he goes up to kill him, and and uh, 
and the other guy goes to take his mask off and he gets electrocuted. Oh, and then he makes fun yeah. of him. And he goes, <laughs> and he like makes fun of him. Yeah. So and dark. then uh, and then he goes down <laughs> to kill him and Gordon puts the gun to the back of his head and he's like, can, can, can I just have can I just have a minute? Like he's like, just let me do this. Yeah. <sighs> he just has so many little things and I I again I would love to sit and watch him deliver the lines while reading the script and see everything he's doing. Cause I don't know if it's written that way. Yeah. Now remember, the Dark Knight script did leak during the production of Dark Knight Rises. So theoretically, online you could probably find that script and see if you want to compare what's written to what he did. Mm. Uh, the you mentioned the scene with the pencil, George. Have you ever yes. seen so Invasion <laughs> USA? No. Have you ever heard of Invasion USA? No. It is a movie so bad. So low budget. I shouldn't say bad. It's a terrible movie, but this isn't why. It's a movie that is so low budget. We'll be watching that next week. They could only (laughs) afford one assault rifle. And so in the final big fight, Chuck Norris has the assault rifle for a minute, inexplicably puts it down, so that in the next scene, the bad guy can have that same assault rifle. It's an awful movie. Not one we'll ever watch for the show. But there's a scene toward the beginning where a lady is doing a line of coke with a a metal straw up her nose and the bad guy comes in and smacks the back of her head. And I, so, I mean, when I saw the pencil, the, the pencil trick or whatever you call it, uh, yeah, I was just like, trend. Oh, that's, that's R rated. Like this is a PG 13 mm. movie. That is an R rated moment from a movie I saw a long time ago, but they get away with it. Cause he's like, Ta-da! well, and you never like, see does, like a whole joke thing. You never see the, the I mean, this movie right. just lives on the you don't see it, you feel it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But man, you oh, yikes! Oh my god, dude! I remember the first time. Everyone remembers their first time that they see the disappearing pencil trick. Yeah, sure, right? That's what she said. The way that made you feel. Yeah. When that happened, and you were like, "Oh, this is how this movie's gonna go." <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're yeah. we're not yeah. doing heat. We're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then well, when they he... kind of set you up for it because when he's walking in the room, he's like, ah, ha, 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 he, a ho. Uh, <laughs> like, you're right. just like, oh my God, what the hell am I about to watch? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It really starts out looking like a Dan movie and then it turns into a Dan movie, but yeah, in a different way. But when he refers when to he, the Lao as the TV, when he's like, yeah, oh, yes. it's the television over there. Yes. So called so flan. Good. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I, you know what I like that the end of that scene when he, uh, when he's, you know, be- basically backing out of the room with his coat open, with mm-hmm. the like all the grenades on a like a on a, a, string, on a string. That was so comic booky, yeah, right. But the <laughs> way it like it's, I'm I'm looking at it in right. real life. Not yeah, it looks like it's in real life, and and. Yeah, he, the dude's just got like a bunch of grenades on the inside of his jacket. Yeah, it's and, like, like pulling is... out guns, and there's like nine missiles on each gun, like <laughs> like right. in the old cartoons. Yes, it's, it's yeah. exactly like that. Yeah. It's like yeah, one grenade would have been fine, right. but there's like four of them. Right, and then a, inside... a giant pull here string uh, <laughs> sign. Yeah, but see the why they get away with that is because just before that he lays down a playing card. He's like, and here's my card. Like here's it's just my like card. here's my card. Call me when you want to take things a little more seriously. Right. It's like, dude, exactly. you're a clown <laughs> exactly. carrying all these grenades. Tell me when you want to take it seriously. <sighs> yeah. It's 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 so perfectly done. Just like when he when he uh does the whole uh, g- uh gamble. 
Like, yeah, it, it, he just does so many things to where you're like, what the hell am I watching? Cause he's, it's funny. It's tense. It's comic booky, but this shit could happen today. Like you're just all over the place. Just like when he's talking to them and, and, uh, he says a, a guy like me and they say freak and he just kind of stops and he looks yeah and he goes he like does a tick yeah and he's like a guy like look <laughs> just like fuck you <laughs> this, uh, like he wanted to tell yeah. a joke and then they just took him out of it so right. he like does all these things where it's just like it's so real but it's a comic book yeah but it's it's just perfect i am confident that if we watched a movie with heath ledger in it next week and didn't tell george that he would have no idea that that man he just watched be handsome and charming for an hour and a half was the Joker. Just like with the Brando thing. Yeah. Because this, uh, this performance, I, I rated up there with Brando and Godfather. You cannot see the actor anymore. This isn't Brad Pitt having a lark with some uh, facial tics or whatever from 12 Monkeys. This is an actor who has become something else right. in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's visual and it's character. Like it's, it's when you look at him, it doesn't look like him, but he's doing all those character things too, which take you out of it. So he's unrecognizable, which is just, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I know what Heath Ledger looks like. And you probably wouldn't recognize him. I, when I, first time I saw this movie, I was like, I, yeah. Like Dan said, you, you it's not even the, it's not even the actor anymore. Like you you don't even see Heath Ledger at all. Mm-mm. It's just the Joker. So good. So good. And the other line in that scene is when he's he says uh how much do you want? And he's like half. And they say you're crazy and he's like I'm, no, not. I'm not. I'm not. Like I'm not. Like he's just so fucking pissed off at them, <laughs> and he's so he's not crazy. He's like methodical. He's he like, is. He's, uh, I mean, he's, he's a little crazy, crazy, but he's not in his mind. He's not. He's I'm normal. He's as shit. not willing to accept that he is, but mm. not, not. Now, George, are you familiar <laughs> with uh, Tom Waits? Tom Waits. I sent you a link just now to a song from Tom Waits. We'll have to cut this out so we don't get copyright strikes. But uh, the first one I sent you is a song called Old 55. It was most made famous by the Eagles, but he's okay. the one that wrote it. Check that out real quick. Just get a vibe for why I'm bringing this up in the middle of a Batman show. This album, by the way, is one of my favorite albums. Closing time. Pick it up blind. Listen to it. Nobody buys music. Stream it blind. It's so good. When he comes out, he's a songwriter that is releasing albums that other musicians are taking his music and covering it, and he's making money on publishing. I don't know what happens to Tom Waits. I've never asked him. Hmm. But uh, he, begun, he begins being more performative. Uh, I would say the next one I'm going to send you actually goes back to something you guys were talking about earlier with the Louis Armstrong voice. My wife, by the way, hates to listen to this next one, and I just can't get enough of it. So I'm interested to see which side of the fence she'll come down on. Uh, 
Tom Traubert's Blues. This is a live recording off YouTube. Again, we'll cut it out for the show. Is that Rolf from the Muppets? Well, he starts singing almost like Louis Armstrong style. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that you're through the initial like shock of it, listen to him singing like this and see if you can see past it to the, the beauty. Because it really is, if you can see past the goofiness of him doing a Louis Armstrong impression, <laughs> the the acting... What I would say is he's no longer a singer. He's now an actor. So give it a little right. bit of a look and see what you think. Sounds like a Muppet. What you've got is a really interesting case of a guy like trying to be like a one-man Broadway show in a concert mm. form. Like it's very edgy. It's not for everybody. It's the kind of stuff that even my like music-inclined children, if I put on that one, get up and find an excuse to leave the room. They're just not buying <laughs> it yet. And I don't blame them because it's pretty freaking weird. When, right. when I first met Tom Waits in college, a professor played us this song. Now, I'm sending you the video where they've mashed it up with the visual of Cookie Monster singing it. But <laughs> Oh, my God. Imagine me <laughs> as like a 19-year-old a kind of pretentious a-hole college student. And without any context, this is the song he introduces me to Tom Waits with. It took me a long time to come around and give Tom Waits a second shot. Right. This song's called God's Away on Business. George is giving me the, why am I watching this look? Is that the Cookie Monster doing this? It is. That is actually Tom Waits' voice, just superimposed on a video of the... Okay, go ahead and stop that one. I mean, here's the thing. There's a leak. There's a leak in the boiler room and God's away on business, right? It's a, right. It's good lyrics. It's a good song. But man, to get from old 55... And closing time Tom Waits, like jazzy and kind of like sensual Tom Waits to like, to this, it's a big jump. But that's for another podcast. George, why did I just make you watch Tom Waits singing like Cookie Monster? Because you're going <laughs> to compare it to uh, Christian Bale's voice. No. No. Uh, but I do like the idea of Tom Waits doing the bat voice. <laughs> Honestly, I, uh, I like that. Jump up to yeah. the first link I sent you earlier, the interview. I have it set up. I'll play it. Okay, so this is an interview, and I'll actually splice some of this into the show here so that you guys can hear it without having to seek it out. This is from 1979. It's from an Australian TV show, which I think is interesting. Uh, go ahead and roll that clip. Started at 2 minutes and 10 seconds. Are you all right? Yeah, just all fine. Right. I just you. want to check it until you settled in. That's all. I'm going to get comfortable here. Okay. How long? <laughs> nice shot. <laughs> it's okay. Story might. We all miss once in a while. How is? Uh, how long have you been here in Australia now? I got here last night. Uh, I was on the plane uh, from Paris for about uh, 22 hours. Mm -hmm. It was a fascinating flight. Uh, and uh, what do you do for 22 hours on a flight? You have ways of entertaining yourself. Uh, well, they show movies that are not a big success anywhere else. <laughs> 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 they put them on the planes. You want these? This is what you're looking for? Thank you. <laughs> I would do that for you. It's a part of the host is supposed to light the guest cigarette and stuff. I do that, but you look like a man that can handle that all by yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got an ashtray yet? It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you put the burnt match in it. How long have you been... <laughs> How long have you been singing? Pardon me? I said, how long? <laughs> <laughs> That's not real comfortable. 
I'll get right here with you. I'm all right. Don't worry. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to do this interview with you. That's it. Thank you. There you go. Well, you got people working for you and everything. That's right. He's funny as hell, too. Like, Tom Waits is a, is a hilarious interview. So, George, why did we make you listen to an interview with Tom Waits from the late 70s? I don't know. Not a bit. Not a clue? He was sleeping. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, at, at first I said I said Christian Bale's voice, but now I'm thinking he sounds more like uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. This isn't unique to our show. This is this was a widely discussed thing uh years ago. Somebody found this interview from Australian TV where Heath Ledger's Australian, so who knows uh if it's just coincidence or happy accident or whatever. But yeah, there's definitely mm. some, you know, joker in his delivery. I think it did finally come out that he was very candid about that information like he did say that he did study tom waits i would love to see it in uh i've never seen it in, in, in a quote attributed to ledger and he died i don't know if they found it in his it. in his journal that he kept a journal when he was doing a whenever he does a character study he does character breakdown and and Journals basically like a scrapbook of of stuff and i think they did find uh that he was drawing some inspiration from tom waits I, I'm not sure about that, but I'm almost positive that, that was that was something that was found in the journal. But it is interesting when he switches voices uh, mm. with the the cop dressed up as the vigilante Batman guy. I mean, he he goes from you know that Tom Waits to the other Tom Waits pretty hard. Just mm. happens that it kind of overlaps with the Batman voice, but I don't know, you know. It's always interesting to hear where these guys get their inspiration. When you have a character that has such a specific voice, usually what I hear is actors say, oh, you know, I grew up with a guy, or I had an uncle that talked like that, and so I adopted it, made it my own, and that's how the character Mike, comes Mike out. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Mike that. Myers, yeah. Um, and we'll get to probably talking about where Bane's voice might come from or where it actually comes from, mm. which is an interesting... I don't know that I feel as attached to one theory or the other this works for me because it does the mannerisms are there too if you watch mm -hmm. the video like he he's got the whole like the fidgety yeah it's you know, un, unfocused yeah it's yeah, it's all there yeah it's interesting it's all interesting and it comes from a guy who was basically like bob dylan on a jazz piano who started being more broadway for some reason tom waits is cool There's Check him There's out. There's definitely a, a character there. Like, if I were doing some character research and I heard this interview, I would be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's the voice." I'm gonna yeah. play. With, I'm gonna play with that. Hundred percent. Because that you get that that cadence, but you're also getting the fidgety. Because you can watch in the movie, he does that. He goes through his pockets a lot. He does a lot of the fidgeting and stuff. So he definitely definitely was inspired by it. Yeah. We'll we'll ask you know JC later if if he uh, saw it later but <laughs> it's a so shame sad. i mean it, it's a shame because he, he died and it's horrible for his family um but i i still would love to know and i wish they would just the thing about christopher nolan he doesn't do deleted scenes and he mm. doesn't do a lot of like 
behind the scenes. Yeah, thing. he's not very like open. And so I'd love mm. to know, just to, you know, just have them come out and say, you know, if we have Ledger, here is our sequel to The Dark Knight, and here's what we would have done. But they're mm. never going to give us that. We're just going to have to piece it together from rumor and innuendo. Sucks. That was my other thing where, like, they, they could have maybe had some extra footage or something. They could have done something in the third movie just to tie them both together. It just seems, I I, I know they do, like, a time jump, but... It's it just doesn't seem right. Maybe in the Flash movie we'll get a jump into the Nolan verse for a second. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. We might see Clooney though. George, we've talked a lot about the Dark Knight the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Is it still your favorite movie? It never was my favorite no. movie. It your should favorite be favorite superhero movie. It should be. <laughs> it's no road to perdition, but it's good. It's <laughs> yeah, no too many American people beauty. survive at the end. This isn't a George movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, favorite superhero movie? Well, you haven't seen them all, so. That I've seen? Yeah, this has to, yeah, this is definitely the best superhero movie. We'll have to see how you handle Watchmen. Oh, yeah. We should probably watch that. Mm. We should watch Watchmen. Mm. But who watches Mm -hmm. Watchmen? And Kick-Ass. Oh, and Kick-Ass, yeah, oh. Mm. I might be due... To watch and both v, those movies. V for Vendetta. Did you ever see that? It's a good superhero. Oh, hell yeah. I have, I have seen that, yeah. yeah. That seems like a George movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Hells to the yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, uh, what are we watching what? next week, man? Uh, we're going to watch uh, <laughs> Invasion USA. Yes. No. <laughs> There's one gun, and they have to take turns with it. Uh, no, I guess we're going to have to close this puppy out and watch the, uh, the rises. You mean we're going to watch my Hollywood debut? Your Hollywood debut. You can pause it and let us know where you're at. Yeah. Watch it on a big screen. My Steelers. Starring Dan and my Steelers. If you want to see Dan pull his bandana mask up in the middle of a giant crowd right as Heinz Ward is about to receive the kickoff, make sure that you watch on a big enough screen because I'm, I'm little bitty. Yeah, get it in 4K for sure. 4K. I'm waiting for the 8K release. I think you'll be able to really make <laughs> out my face. Because in 4K, you can tell it's me, but like, you know, it looks, at best, it looks like fuzzy, like convenience store surveillance footage. Like, mm. there's some plausible deniability. But in 8K, you'll be able to see my pretty face. Nice. So, in other words, I'm not going to be able to see you. Probably not. Probably not. No. But, I mean, I can show you where I am in the frame and... I can show you which collection of pixels is me. Nice. Okay. Hey, at least you're a Hollywood pixel. There you go. Get me an IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny to see like this little pixelated square <laughs> as your picture, as your profile. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. We'll be back next week with Christopher Nolan's conclusion to the Dark Knight trilogy, The Dark Knight Rises. I always love it when you get to an IMDb page of somebody who's literally done like one movie and it's a picture of them like murdered in that movie. It's yeah. like, oh, you're one claim to fame. It's kind of sad. I, I could have had an IMDb page. Could have. And the show got canceled. What? Womp. Maybe you I could still that. have one. I was uh, scheduled to be in on the show Hack starring uh, David Morris. Really? He filmed it in Philly. 
Yeah, I was going to be a reoccurring police officer. Man. In the, in the department and out in the Oh, field. I remember that. It was a good show. I remember that when, when you were, do- yeah. I yeah. got the call. They told me what to bring, what to wear, how to do my hair, right. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, they called me again and said, they're switching the schedule. We're filming there and here and here. Be here Thursday. And then it was released that they were canceling the show. So I never got to be on it. Best off. That would have been awesome. Yeah. That and Invincible was the other one that I almost got in. Hmm. And then I stopped. It's time to start again, man. Your kids are getting older. Time to get back at it. I know, right? I get in shape. (laughs) Although a friend of mine is on that um, East Town, Mayor of East Town. So maybe I'll have to get on that show as an extra. Let him know. You got a show. Pat, hook me up, yo. Come on, Pat. Hook him up. (laughs)